This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 454, recorded on July 30th, 2020. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way in your home. Sometimes we don't. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. Mike, I know you are out uh, it, You are outside uh, this afternoon. Pretty nice day for an afternoon party, you would you say? Well, they can't decide what the weather is supposed to be like. Today was supposed to be, you know, stormy and 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 bad, and then uh, we had, yeah, we had a work gathering outside, and it ended up being gorgeous and beautiful. They no, can't decide. Great. It was great. I was outside a little bit. Sammy, what is it like putting up with a dad who's like a weather nerd all summer? <laughs> I'm oh. so excited to hear what this the answer. You know, is. I have not checked my weather app all summer because <laughs> I just have to ask Dad, "What's it like outside?" And yeah. he'll tell you. Yeah, I, you I always know. I, I have uh, my radar has been kind of my app of choice uh, all pandemic. You know, a lot of stuff we're going to talk about tonight's kind of pandemic related, kind of relive the last couple months because it's been it's been fun to do that. Um, but uh, my my radar has been that, and yeah, I do. I track it. Ever it's worse. Like being home all the time, you think mm-hmm. you wouldn't need to check the weather, and and I check it way too much. Well, another thing you should check is the show notes. By the way, head out to the average guy TV. For this program, HGG454, and uh, you'll get all the show notes. Complete transcripts available for you out there as well. Don't forget, you can also listen live and stream it. That's the best way to do it. Well, it's it's really it's a way to do it. If you want to stream it, head out to HomeGadgetGeeks.com. You can download the app, Android, or iPhone. We thank our Patreon subscribers for doing that. If you want to be a Patreon subscriber, you can do that as well. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Patreon, and, and big thanks to the 30 or so of you who are doing that. Each and every week, and or I guess each and every month is probably the right way to say it. We appreciate you guys um, supporting the show. You've already heard from her, my daughter. I call her Samantha. Everybody else calls her Sammy. We'll call her Sammy for the program. Sammy, welcome back. Thanks for having me, as always. Yeah, good to have you. I was trying to remember. We had you on, I think. Was it last summer, or did we do something? I feel like the last thing was the the Thanksgiving special. Okay, of the Friday after Thanksgiving, yeah, of, of, of 2019. Was that just you and me, Mike? Were you here for that? Yep. No, no it was, I think it was just, just the two of us. Yeah, it was just the two of you. I had she had been on just a few weeks prior with all three of us, and she was on uh, just you two, right at Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, that for that Friday, we had a couple listeners since then say they'd really like to hear uh, Sammy back. In fact, Jim um, Shoemaker had written in during the feedback program that we did at Mike's house that uh, he'd love to see again, and so it's always good. Um, to have you back on this, you know, you and I talked for a while this summer about like, what would we do with this show and what, what could we share? What kind of opportunities? And I think just as we got closer to the, to the time, I, I just kind of thought, you know, we've had so much fun this last, you know, March, April, May, like it's four, four, almost five months. We've just had so much fun and it's been so different for than anything I think we'll ever experience again. Like, I just don't know, you know, for a lot of people, this was a time of bringing their kids home and homeschooling and no daycare. Mike, right? I mean, it's been, is it back Boy, to normal true. for you? Are, are things kind of back to normal for the most part or no? As much as we try to be, right? But with a two and three-year-old, it's, it's, especially with our place, it's 
where do they balance? Is it school rules? Is it daycare rules? Where do they balance? So it's been crazy for us. Maybe a little more uh, balanced for you, I'd, I'd suggest. Yeah. Well, I think, and and Sammy, you can you know j- jump in on this. I think just it, we're going to dive. We got some details we're going to kind of dive into here, but I think to kind of just categorize. I think we have taken advantage of because we could. You know, one is we don't have a bunch of small children around here. We didn't have to homeschool anyone. We I have a 21-year-old, which is pretty great. Sammy turned 21 back in, in October. Yes. And um, and so we, we've we've kind of, I mean, it's just been adults. But it could have been, Sammy, it could have been a summer of isolation in a lot of ways. That's yeah. It always hasn't, I think, back to last summer, we didn't do as many things together. I was at work all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you went out for walks to the, to the cemetery alone right? Almost every day. And I, I think we really took advantage of the time that we had in, in ways mm-hmm. like I don't regret at all. I don't, there's, there's yeah. nothing about and, it this summer. Go yeah. ahead. And I was taking a summer class last summer. And so I was really in like a work mentality, but this summer I didn't have a summer class. I couldn't work. I was stuck at home. And so I'm like, I'm going into my senior year of college my life is never going to be like this ever again. I'm never going to have a summer off of school ever again once I graduate. And so it was like a time to just be, to just come back to family and be like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Might as well have fun with it yeah. and like hang out with my parents in a way that I probably never will. Yeah. And, and I think and I have no a, regrets. <laughs> I think there's, I'm glad we got that on, on uh, tape there. Um, yes. We will play that again uh, in the future. future I am sure. Whatever dad's sad and lonely. He's like, you know what? Sammy had no regrets. <laughs> she had fine. zero regrets and I got it on record. How did um, how'd school wrap up? Just as we think back. And that seems like a hundred years ago. Oh my just gosh. To be honest, it sucked. <laughs> you know, talk, talk a little bit about that. How'd school wrap up for you? Yeah. So we went on spring break and the virus was just starting to get to the States. And so we were like not knowing what was going to happen with everybody going off to different parts of the country, potentially different parts of the world for spring break and then potentially coming back to campus. And so like towards the the Thursday of spring break, which is mid-March, they were like, we're taking another week basically of spring break with the potential of going online for classes for two weeks. And then later they were like, we're for sure going online for classes for two weeks. And then a couple of days later, they were like, rest of the semester, everybody who lives in the dorms, come pack your stuff. And so it was like really, it was a really weird limbo period where we weren't sure what was happening. It was like an extended spring break. And then we just suddenly had to pack up all of our stuff. And so my semester was cut in half and I had to finish it online. It was really hard and I scraped through it. But like once that was done, it felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I was like, oh, I don't have to be exposed to people who could potentially get me sick. And I just get to stay home and chill because I am a very introverted person. And it's nice to just be at home. Yeah, that was, peace. that was weird. That was weird for me to get used to is, as you were growing up it is. And I think Tim, who our Marine son comes back and lives with us here in I don't know five weeks, I think he's back. And so I'll get to, I'm actually going to get to repeat this again with him. Trade one for the other. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. We'll get you in school, get you settled in. Hopefully you'll be there a while or you'll be back one of the two. But then Tim comes home and I, and, and we'll see how it goes. He's a completely different animal uh, than you are. But it, um, 
it was an opportunity, like as we, as we looked at the spring, it was this opportunity to do things differently. And I think um, as I looked at, as I kind of looked at, you know, we're talking mid-March, Mike, think back, like, doesn't that seem like a hundred years ago now? Like it does. It seems so long ago. It seems like, well, especially when you're in the work environment, you know, it doesn't seem like that instrumental. It was huge, right? We're like, okay, either you're working from home or you're working from the office, but I would love to hear it from the the student side of, hey, this was a really big deal for us. We were finishing up our educational career or we were just starting or we were in the middle and what impact that had. Uh, Sam, yeah, do you, do you think it puts you behind? Um, I think so. I didn't. And I, I, you know, the big thing about being a journalism student is your classes for sure matter, but nothing matters more than practicum, working for student publications. And so having a quarter of your school year not working and not being able to produce content for my portfolio sucked. And like I had a huge story that I had been working on for like half the school year that I had to completely trash all of the work that I did on because there was... There was no, I couldn't talk to people anymore. It didn't really matter because all that mattered was the coronavirus. Mm. And so like that sucked. And it was kind of like a, this summer has been like a reverse bell curve of emotion that it was like really stressful at the very beginning because I was thinking about school and work and then eventually it tapered off. And now I'm getting back into that spot where I'm like, oh no, I got to ramp up again. And it's back to the uncertainty of like not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing how long I'm going to be in Missouri, when I'm going to get back how long I'm going to, we already have fewer papers planned for this semester, but we might have even fewer than that. So just, it's kind of the, the mindset I'm going into it with is trying to get as much done as I can, considering the circumstances and hoping that employers understand. Yeah. <laughs> and was it more the viewership changed on, on who's viewing the content or was it the actual content itself that changed on what you need to re be reporting on? as the a reporter during the times i was a campus news editor and there was no campus to write news about our entire last issue we scrapped like three days before we went to print and rewrote an entire new issue about coronavirus because all of the news that we had written before didn't matter anymore nothing mattered anymore except for the fact that school was canceled because coronavirus it just took over all of our lives. So the audience changed. I mean, the, who you're writing for, what you're writing about. I mean, I, I, yeah. I imagine that everything changed for you it did on, feel like on the world who you're writing for, down. right? In the span of a week, the world tipped upside down. No yeah. kidding. And, and, and I can imagine that a lot of us from the outsider's perspective were looking for, hey, what's the internal perspective? What are writers saying about the, the college experience during this time? And then the writers, you... Uh, change, you know, like, okay, well, we're now no longer writing for just the college students. This is being viewed from a worldwide perspective. That probably changed the way you're writing, right? On, on how you're reporting from what's happening inside. It's like, hey, it's no longer just the students here. Everyone's looking for us on what's happening on the front lines. Because, um, I mean, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for, hey, what's happening on these campuses? How are these college students coping with what's happening? That had to be a huge change for you guys. Yeah, a big thing was normally, I mean, we already write campus and community, the surrounding city, but the big thing was parents because we shifted out of print and into just our online sphere. And our main Facebook following is alumni and parents of students. And so they were the ones who were really looking for news from us to kind of funnel in all of the news that was coming into the university 
so they would know what is happening with their kids. And is that a big shift from your normal probably audience for who you're writing for? For sure. <laughs> I can imagine. It was it definitely went hard news real fast. <laughs> this is real, right? Like you, this 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 audience has changed who are writing for has changed. And man, that's that's got to be a huge stressor on all of the writers for the paper. Yes. Range Super control says in the chat room, he says exciting and polarizing time. It's like impossible to not have say that again. Now, right. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about all the events of the past year, especially when we think around uh, domestic policy? It's really hard to keep up as a student journalist and a small town journalist. It's hard to take the wide scope. Cause I don't work for the New York times. I don't work for the Washington post. It's not my job to tackle the big stories, but it's hard to focus on your everyday life. Even if I wasn't a journalism student, it's so hard to focus on your everyday life when everything that's happening around you feels like the most chaotic this country has ever been, which may or may not be true, but that's the way it feels. And so you're trying to take that lens and sharpen it down to the individual experience, and it feels absolutely impossible mm -hmm. because everything is influenced by everything else, and everybody's terrified, and it's so hard to write anything that feels remotely hopeful. <laughs> Well, and we, we began to question everything, which is yes. good and bad in some some regards. I think the scrutiny on what is being written is good from the sense that we should know the source and we should like all those yeah. things should be happening. But I think I think it's made it a challenge as you think about launching into the world and doing this job that we call journalism. I couldn't think of a crazier and yet maybe what they say in Top Gun, a target-rich environment, right, yeah. to, to be a journalist in. How, how do you feel, like, just today, how do you feel about that? I think the biggest challenge is it's harder than ever to know where the line is between personal and unbiased journalism. Mm -hmm. Because... Like I, we've said this before. I'm an opinionated person. I have political opinions that I don't share outside of my private Facebook, social media, my Twitter. I keep pretty unbiased because it's my work stuff. And then obviously my my political biases don't bleed into my work, or at least I hope they don't. But it's hard to know when it comes to like Black Lives Matter. I perceive that as human rights and unbiased. So where do we draw the line when it comes to what is truly neutral? Like that's so hard yeah, to know really how to write unbiased and whether representing an opposite side is actually doing a disservice to humanity. Like th these are questions that I did not expect, expect to grapple with at the age of 21. It's absolutely <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> it's, it's a harder question than I think any of us had to deal with yeah. at the age of 21. But um, for you, I mean, how do you deal with that? How do you grapple with, hey, the publication I'm writing for may have an interest in this, and I have maybe either the equal to or opposite interest. And what do I write about? I mean, how does that happen for a journalist? What do you decide? How do you, how do you know what to write about? I think the most important thing is that newsrooms are a democracy. The newsrooms are one of the truest democracies that I've ever seen in my in my personal life because everybody talks to each other and everybody consults on stories. And when it comes to editorial content, like we literally get into a room and vote. And so whenever you're uncertain, you just get to lean on your peers and your coworkers. And it's honestly, it's the reason why I don't regret doing what I'm doing because I really care about the people that I'm working with and they're so smart. Like whenever I feel dumb, 
everybody else is there to like help you work through your problems and talk about things. And it feels really good to have that support in those people at your back. My coworkers, I trust with my life. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so is that, um, you know, when you're working for a publication like that, is it important that I would guess if it's a vote amongst the people, is it important to work for a publication that shares the same values as you do to know that, Hey, in the end, the vote will be in the direction that I that hope it'll be? Or are you actually doing the opposite? Are you working for a publication where it's maybe the opposite of, of where you believe? So you try and sway the public persuasion on a certain issue? Ideally, we want diversity of voices in the newsroom because we want to be able to throw every perspective at the wall and hopefully come out with what our audience wants. So we want, we want a, a diverse representation of what our audience is. And when you're working for a college, that's huge diversity. Like we have a huge chunk of international students. And so we want to try and have international voices at our table so that way we can know what they feel and duke it out amongst each other. And hopefully the best ideas rise to the surface, or at least like when we have really controversial ideas that we're running on, say our opinion page, we'll do a versus column where it's one side versus the other and they're equally represented. So that way our audience feels seen and feels heard and feels represented. I love that. So, so both sides are getting hopefully an equal, an equal say in the issue and, and the, yeah. the public gets to decide, Hey, we're, we're not just representing one side of the issue here. You're hearing both sides and now you get to decide for your own. Yeah. My co-editor this past year, my, so I was the campus news editor and then my friend Kendrick was the community news editor. We lean opposite ways on the political spectrum, but we're like best friends. And like, that was a really important thing for our news section that whenever one of us felt like we were pushing an agenda or an ideology too much, we kept each other in check. So like, I as, think you guys could write an article on that alone and the public would love to hear an we article probably about should. that. I should text Kendrick about that. After you should, this, you definitely about writing should. An op-ed about being from opposite sides of the spectrum and working together. Cause maybe we need to get you and Kendrick well. on, on this show. Maybe that's yes. how I haven't talked to Kendrick that much. He was going to visit and then he was working cause he works at a hospital. So like his job is important. <laughs> yeah. That's gotta be such a, a hard conflict for you guys to decide on, on what gets published because you guys are both, like you said, on opposite sides of the spectrum. You have one paper though. One paper needs to be published. Yeah. How do you decide what needs to go in? That's gonna be a really tough decision. It's not as tough because you have multiple stories and you have multiple pages to fill. It's not as hard as you think it is, especially when you agree on like humans being humans, stuff like that. So it's like, not we're as not, polarizing as Facebook would love yeah, us to believe it is, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's not like communists and like and like libertarians. It's like people agreeing on a certain set of things and then like leaning one way or the other. Is that the terrible extreme? Is that, yeah. decided <laughs> I know I just decided that those or... were extremes on a spectrum. There's many, there's many political no. extremes. Well, and the compromise, I think one of the, you know, one of the fallacies that we have uh, is, is this idea of equal, of equalness. Like you're going to create equal sides that mm -hmm. are going to have the same weight. And I really think, you know, we got to get back to this more of a compromise. Like we all have yeah. different opinions. Mike, you, you and I come from very similar backgrounds, from very similar ideologies, and yet see things a little differently. We do. In yeah. some spaces, right? And it allows us to have a conversation about it. And then at the end go, 
All right. See, see you next week. Like we'll that do was this. last week post show. If everyone had been uh, privy to that, I mean, you and I, yeah, exactly. The, well, the very the same ideologies. Nobody heard. Almost close yeah. person like um, beliefs on things, and yet very different outcomes on on how we yeah. think about certain issues. And uh, it, yeah. but again, like you said, we were both able to walk away from the conversation. Like, yeah, I like that. I appreciate Jim's, you yeah. know, thought. I appreciate I Mike's thought on where we're at on that. Sammy, you and I started a routine early where you, you had started walking. Last year, you walked a lot to the cemetery. And, and I asked you early on, like, can I can I go with you? Like, would that be okay? And I didn't know. I how said, weird, can you make it up the hill? <laughs> how, how weird did that be? Now, I had just, I didn't realize how serious that hill was. But I had just come off trek it's up the serious. tower, too. I was a little skinnier <laughs> and a, in a little better shape here at the at pre-pandemic. Um, uh, uh, but this gave us an opportunity, you and I, I think, gave us an opportunity. And in the early stages, you know, it was, it was cold out there. We had jackets on. And mm-hmm. like when so we were weird to think about. I know it was. It was chilly. Right? <laughs> With how hot it is now, seeing the pictures of us in jackets. We spent, some time, we spent some time talking, though. And early yeah. on, we talked a lot more early on than we did now. We kind of go out and just, just power through it uh, when we yeah. do do it. But I think that was one of those newsroom um compromise uh compromise conversations that we would have constantly where you would throw out some new ideas and challenge me on them and i would challenge you on like well i don't know i don't know if i think that way <laughs> let's talk through it and we would have this conversation this dialogue over the 45 minutes to an hour that we'd be out walking and um it would cause me to rethink some things on the way in like oh okay well that's interesting and we never got as you know, you never came in and slammed the door in my face. Uh, nope. You never, right? We, we would maybe pick up that conversation a couple of days later. How was, how did you feel on the other side of that, having these conversations with your dad, you know, on a walk? How, yeah. How'd you feel about I, that? I feel super lucky that I have a dad that I can talk to who comes into a conversation with that measure of mutual respect so we can have hard conversations because a lot of people I know do not have that relationship with their dad. And like, I do not get in arguments on social media 99% of the time because people go about it in a way that they, they don't, they don't come at it with respect or understanding or an open mind. And so I'm like, I'm not wasting my energy on these people, but it's nice to be able to have conversations with people where we're both in it for the same thing and we're both in it with an open mind and with love and mutual respect and so like i it doesn't feel stressful or terrifying to me at all it doesn't feel like a confrontation it doesn't feel like the angry emails i get the the one or two times i've written an op-ed like it doesn't it's not scary it's actually kind of a relief to be able to talk to another human as a human it was it was kind of fun for me i mean i think i learned a lot through it too um you know we kind of followed a pattern where one of us would throw out a question and then it was kind of just back and forth. No, nobody necessarily had to get there, drive their point in. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta, nobody stormed, stormed off Matt. You really couldn't storm off Matt because you're nope. <laughs> in the middle of a cemetery. I mean, I yep. guess you, you, you could do that. Um, but for me, it was, it was really refreshing to, to have some of those dialogues. I think in a way, I don't even know if I've had with some of my coworkers, uh, just to be honest. Now, that's not totally true. Mike and I have similar conversations when we, and, and it's not the first time we don't do that all the time. Not like you and I. Um, 
But it definitely lent itself to some interesting conversations throughout the summer to kind of work out some of those things, you know, just, it was, for me, it was good to hear um, just how you felt about some of these things. There were things that we were never able to talk about when you were in high school. There were things that we were never able to talk about in school. There were times you just blurted it out. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even have to ask, right? I didn't even have to ask. Any moments in there in particular, if you think about the summer of, con- or the, and it was, I say the summer of, but it's really kind of spring and summer, but any conversations in there that you that you remember that, that stand out? I can't think of any in particular. I just think, well, I mean, we might as well get personal because this is a very personal podcast. Um, So I came out as gay to my parents in senior year of high school, but like this, I felt like was the first summer that I was really open about it and comfortable talking about it. Cause like, I'm a really private person. That's part of my private life. It's why I don't talk about it a lot, but we actually got to like have honest conversations about it. And when, Supreme Court and done this, the decision that you can't be fired strictly for being gay. Like that was a big moment for me. And like, I got to like celebrate that as a person in a way that I didn't in 2015 when the mar- the gay marriage ruling came out because I was still in the closet. And so like, it's been a summer where I get to be comfortable in my identity with my parents and it feels really good to just talk about things in like life and not be judged for it when a lot of people are. Yeah. No, I mean, I, that, Oh, go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to say, I think that's, I mean, that story has been so cool. And, you know, I've gotten to live through this with uh, podcasting with Jim and, and, and Sam, you being on during this time. Sam, though, okay, so like I'm a parent, right? I've got two young mm-hmm. kids. You know, what do you, what do you say to the parents out there who, you know, just like your dad, right? Maybe he, you were going to about to have this conversation with him. And it's a very important conversation with for you especially. And who knows if he, if he knew it was coming, if he didn't know it was coming. So talk to me, right. I'm, I'm a dad. You're like, okay, so, so you're a parent coming forward. You know, what advice do you have for parents about having conversations, not just about this, right. You talked about, you know, coming out to your parents and that's a, that's an amazing, you know, feat that you did and the conversation you had, but just any conversations like this, I, I love the conversations that you talk about that you had with your dad and that your dad talks to me, um, when you're not here about, uh, you, you you guys have these you have this amazing conversation and I love how open it is and how honest it is and you know what's your advice to a young parent about having conversations like this with their um, adult age child who's about to have you know who has opinions of their own who maybe are different shocker than mm-hmm. uh, than the parent who raised them throughout their entire life just to, give me give me some advice from your perspective on what that's like well. I think it's hard to prepare in advance for hard conversations that you're going to have with your kids because they don't know it's coming either. They don't anticipate having these conversations throughout their life. Suddenly it hits you. You're like, crap, I have to have a hard conversation with my parents about this serious thing. Or like, I really disagree with my parents about this. So both thing. sides are fearing it. It's not just the yes. parents. Okay, that is good. The thing, oh, is, that, that's a big is, relief for me. It's I'm like, like, oh, man, it's like so scary. a snake that it is as fr- afraid of you as you are of it. Or even more so. Like, your kids are more afraid of you than you are of them. As much as you're scared of them. I recognize that that's a thing. But when hard conversations come, always reassure your kids that you don't love them any less because of anything that they've said. That's the first thing that you want to reassure them. And that it, for me in particular, when I came out, the most, like, my lasting impression, whenever people are like, how did your parents react? I always say, 
that my dad's reaction was, I don't care who you date as long as you stop dating musicians. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal and I didn't want it to be a big deal. That's another thing is reacting to your kids at the level that they presented to you. If they don't want something to be a big deal, don't make it a big deal, especially if they're a teenager. They want to play it low key. Let them be insecure about a thing until they figure it out on their own. But if they if they want something to be celebrated, if you sense that from them, then react to that and celebrate it. But for the most part, teens are angsty and they just want to keep their emotions in this little box. So, like, maybe let them keep it in their box for a little bit and they will eventually come out of their box eventually. (laughs) But the reaction, I mean, from what I'm getting from you is the reaction from the parents is very important. How you react to that is is as key as to what your opinions are on the matter of what they're actually bringing up. The reaction is is big. Is what I'm getting? Yeah. And I think for the most part, as long as the reaction comes with a, a recognition that you still love them and still accept them, even if they're going through a really hard time or they said something that you really disagree with or they're going through something that's really difficult that you still love them and accept them. That's the main linchpin. I think that's what I just got from what you said was like, you know, your feelings and what you're going through and what the teenager is going through is is huge and the parents reaction is not just their visceral reaction to what you're saying it's hey this this teenager this child this you know child of is going through something and they're experiencing something too and and your reaction um affects i guess how they are reacting to it almost right like you, yeah. your dad's reaction to what you were saying probably affected your reaction to what you were saying it's like okay, how, how are my parents going to react to this how are they going to see what i'm saying um, it's such a hard issue, let me tell you, as a parent to tackle. And it's so interesting to hear it from the side of, hey, I'm telling my parents this. And this is what I'm telling them. And this is their reaction. Uh, I, I love it. It's it's very insightful. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. Also, what? another thing is your kids will not judge you if you are vulnerable with them. Like, if you admit you don't have all the answers, you don't know how what to say how to react that is okay and it's okay to apologize to your kids if you mess up or get angry at them like so they're not looking for the answers no often like when i was going through mental health issues in high school i was not looking to my parents for answers like i went to a therapist for that Mm -hmm. but i just needed that comfort that like we're here for you no matter what like we can't fix it but we're here for you and that's all i really needed Wow. So it's a really hard, Mike, that's a really hard thing as a parent to do in any relationship is to, is to sit back and let it kind of let it happen. Right. We think we need to fix it. Like we think we need to. Yeah. They're not looking for the answers. This is what I was kind of getting at. Like we feel like as parents, you always need to have the answer for them. There there was, I mean, there was a lot of times I I was very afraid with, with all the kids, not just with Sammy, but with all the kids that, you know, it's like, Oh, I need to do more. And I didn't know what to do. I fortunately, when I don't know what to do, I don't do anything. Instead of trying to do something, I don't do anything. I think that actually played into my favor. Sammy, I think for you and I, it began to change. The relationship began to change when we started spending so much time together driving Mm -hmm. in between here in Maryville. I was kind of, you know, today, um, you know, we haven't given you a car. You're not driving yourself to and from school. And and I'm kind of glad that 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 worked out the way it did because... It gave us if 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 that had not been the case, um, it we wouldn't have had all that all, all that base. Like we set mm-hmm. up a bunch of base in that time. We began talking two hours each way. 
there's lots of time to chat in there. And there were sometimes we talked a lot and sometimes we didn't talk very much at all. But it built for us, it built that relationship of trust there that when summer came along, when this summer came along, we decided, you know, I, I decided I'm going to make sure I spend a bunch of time with her, like as mm-hmm. much as I can. And we would, you know, I'd catch her up in the kitchen uh, in between, you know, we're going to, in a little bit here, we're going to talk about some of the Yeah, I hear you're quite the cook, by the way. For, for the summer, summer, I've heard for the okay. past few weeks that you are quite the cook in the kitchen. But it's, um, but it came when um, those decisions were made to just wait for the time to present itself. Like, I think for both Sarah and I, we spend a lot of time just kind of waiting for those situations to arise when they present themselves and then mm-hmm. ask, hey, can we, do you want us, how involved, how involved do you want us to be? How, how much, do you, how much help do you need? Do you want, do you want, do you even want help at this point? I, I don't, you know, and it's not just Sammy. I, I, I think about an example with my oldest when he's playing football and I said, Hey, if you want to go to the next level, there's some things we need to change about the who and where and what you do. Do you want to play at the next level? And he was like, nah, not really. I was like, okay, that's, that makes it easy for me to not have to do those things. But it was his decision, not mine of, you know, you're going to be a great football player. He had some great potential in there, but that's just not kind of what, what he wanted to do. So Sammy, we got, I think we got a great opportunity uh, this summer and, but those things don't just happen. I think they have to be intentional. I mean, I think about all the times I came upstairs to say, we're going at three today or let's mm-hmm. do this thing. You know, can we would move it around that hour that we'd have together. Mm-hmm. We would move around kind of based on, um, based on the schedule, based on what was going on, based, based on what was happening. But I think, I think the biggest surprise uh, for me, at least through the course of the summer is just how, how much stinking fun we had. Like, yeah, it, <laughs> it was, it, it almost more fun uh, than we, than we should have had. Uh, you know what? No regrets. <laughs> Said it yeah, once, no, I'll say I it again. No, There's I don't. no place to have fun like your own house. College mm. parties, overrated. Drink in your own house if you have cool parents. Like, that's what life is about. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, we, for On both, for you this summer, we really spent a lot of time early getting you to know wine. That mm-hmm. was one of the things we spent a little time. Sarah enjoys so wine. Good. I enjoy wine. We wanted you to enjoy it. And so we spent some time kind of just teaching you, which was, hey, you don't have to. Yeah, it's, it, it is a little weird when you're a parent <laughs> and you're telling your kid, like, we want to give you some alcohol. You don't have to drink it if you don't want to. Like, you know, and Sammy at first, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then, and then slowly, and so we taught her some really good, like, you know, just some good habits around it. And for the longest time, Mike, I've been trying to get her to drink beer. And if there's one, accomplishment this summer yes it wasn't even you though it was he out got of necessity. you though huh I know. It, it was, was josh and derek yeah um it's all their yeah. fault well it's it's good though but again a, a lesson in this right is that we really like everybody in america i can't speak for the rest of the world but but for everybody in america we really enjoyed those times together and spent time on the deck and spent time outside and you know, spent time, time on the floor in the kitchen. <laughs> we had a few dance parties when it was too cold outside. We Just had a letting off steam dance, dance party parties. in the kitchen. What do you think? What is you think about the future and you think about those memories? What, what do you think will stick the longest for you? What is, what are those moments in there that you think you'll, you'll hold on to as we think about this 
summer of 2020? Uh, scream singing. You need to calm down by Taylor Swift in the kitchen, <laughs> for sure. Was that? I want to imagine Jim just totally getting down to that song. Is that what it's happened? It's a great song. Okay. <laughs> Did I? Yes. <laughs> Did I? Well, we invented what was called the drunk seat, and, and yes, it was just a sign. there's one spot. <laughs> there's a spot in the kitchen when you've when you've when gone it's the end overboard, of the night. You sit you down on the floor down and and you drink water until you're chill. Yeah. yeah. What, what else, Sammy? So um, besides that, as you think about the other things we did that you wouldn't normally like, we just wouldn't have normally happened. What, what Cooking else? Cooking a lot together. Dad's favorite brand that he wishes he was sponsored by HelloFresh. <laughs> yeah, That's we, always that a good true. time. That's very true. I, I think, uh, Mike, one of the things is, you know, as your kids get older, uh, one of the things I did right this summer was making sure, you know, we had a situation. Sarah worked a lot this summer. So this was just a summer of work for her, um, for both job that she's been in. And so it gave us an opportunity to be here. She's always been here for us. Uh, when I was working a ton and when I was, you know, coming home at six thirty, seven o'clock and um, she was here this summer that flipped in a lot of ways. And I was here and it was you know, we would go for a walk and like, okay, we need to get some meat out and we need to plan for dinner here. And, we, and just as the summer progressed, it kind of became, you know, who's the chef and who's the sous, right? Who's the sous chef in that? Who's who's going to be responsible for it that night? As well as just adding different things to it, Sammy. I think about all the different ways. I mean, we've cooked some, some and the HelloFresh has certainly helped. I mean, I've yeah. we talked but about we've, that here We've on gotten show. off on our own now. We're fast and loose, playing off the rule book. <laughs> Yeah. And well, we basically, I mean, Sarah just said the other night we were eating. She was like, I am so glad that we forced ourselves onto some new recipes, yes. you know, to get some different things. And and we've spent a lot of time kind of honing and changing and tuning those. But the, I think the times together cooking in the kitchen have been just as important the than the food as the food itself in the sense of the conversations we had or just the teamwork that we did putting that mm-hmm. together. Mike, you can't, I don't know if you can always manufacture that. It was a time, I'm not sure she would have done this with me at 15, as an example. For sure not. I was an <laughs> angsty teen. That makes me feel a lot better. Okay, good. Um, yes. but Your I teens think, will be angsty. Let them be angsty. You got it. They yeah. will be cool adults, most likely. Um, be weird. But we would play music and we would just spend time. It would. It was, it was that evening time uh, together of talking and then, Sarah really got over because she get to come home and dinner and be ready and yeah. we'd, we'd uncork a bottle of wine and yeah uh, we for sure got a lot of empathy for what mom went through with us growing up with her cooking all the time yeah and uh, just getting to come home and eat <laughs> yeah that it, is it seems to me though like it's almost like the unscripted time is the time that means the most you know yes. you guys have both gone through this and and Sammy you've probably spent an unprecedented amount of time at home that you didn't expect to with your dad. And he's been there. And it seems to me like the time you guys didn't plan to spend together is probably the most valuable. Is is That's that true. is there truth to that? I also think that like uh, quality time is my number one love language. If anybody's familiar with the five love languages. Yeah, it, yeah. Those are really important for knowing about the people that you want to spend time with. And like quality time is a huge thing for me. So that's and important. So, like to, when somebody makes an effort to just, hang out okay. with me. Yeah. When my, when my parents make an effort to hang out with me, like I value that. And like, not every kid's going to be like that. So like, know, know your kid, but that's a huge thing for me. And so like, when somebody's like, I want to hang out with you, or will you help me with this? Or do you want to 
And dad will always be like, he'll go out on the deck after dinner and he'll be like, if you want to come, you can, but you don't have to. I'm not pressuring you. And so like, that's the, that's the ideal situation is that like, I can go out there if I want to and have company, but if I want to be by myself, I can, and there's no pressure. And was that a constant for you or did that change as you got older? Those, the, the love language for you of, of, you know, time being spent, attention spent, did that change or was that constant? Yes, it changed. Cause I used okay. to be more of words of affirmation kind of person. And then like, as I got older, I just enjoy more of the, even if you're not talking to each other, just being in the same space as somebody and like doing something together is fine with me. Like that, that is time well spent. So adaptation, hopefully, is a trait parents have uh, yes, learning, <laughs> learning what their kids going through. Well, because like you just said, right, it's hard for a parent to understand what are you what are you where are you at right now in your phase of life? Are you wanting me to pay attention? Are you wanting me to step away? Are you wanting me to, you know, ignore you, talk to you? What do you want? Yeah. And sometimes is that something even they that the don't child know. is good about telling them or is it just something the parent you want them to pick up? Sometimes it's hard to communicate. So I think just like leaving the door open like dad does where he's like you can come out and hang out with me if you want you don't have to and so like that so it's like an option that i know I that, that he wants yeah. to hang out with me if i want to but if i don't want to i'm good to hang out on my own no pressure some sometimes the kids don't know mike to be honest That's they don't true. know either. sometimes and i don't even so, know what i want and i'm an adult so you would you would you'd say things like well what do you what do you need and they're like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> sammy's actually i mean in the last in the last two or three years since we've had her in school, there's been a few moments where I've been there and I said, you know, she's been in a little bit of a crisis or it's been really stressful. And I said, well, what can I do? She said, I don't know. And it's really hard to not want to try and fix something. But I think one of the things I've learned is, okay, let's just go eat. <laughs> like if we don't know, let's food go get food. speaks to everyone, right? That's it, true. Food is therapy for the soul. Food and sleep. Let's go get, let's go shopping to get you food for the dorm room or let's go out and get some, you know, let's go out to eat at Applebee's or let's just go. I think the other thing I've learned um, through all this is there are times when you just don't have to talk. Like you can mm -hmm. be together. We've had tons of time together this summer where I, in an hour we've maybe said 10 words to each other. You know, Really? Not, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, we'll take off like, Hey, you want to go? Yeah. And so, put shoes on, head out the door, walk down. We haven't said a word maybe till we get to the main street, cross it. We might say a few words, walk up there, get to the cemetery. She does her thing. I do mine. We kind of do. Pokemon Go on my phone. I was going to say, you collect your Pokemon Go and she collects her. Of course. There you go. Sammy, talk, because Jim, um, in his request, Jim Shoemaker in his request, it said a little bit, what's the drive for you for Pokemon Go? That seems, you know, you're, you're you know, like, what that has been a daily constant when yeah. we go to the cemetery, it's a thing for you. What what is it about Pokemon Go that 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 does something for you? It's an incentive to get out of the house and like mm. go and do something that's like not sitting in a chair that's like fun and like low pressure. Like there's no stakes if I don't go out and play Pokemon Go for a day. Like nothing bad happens. But like I get I get a little a little Pokemon to put in my Pokedex if I go outside. Like that's it's it's just enough of an incentive for me to do something that I enjoy doing anyway, but often need a little bit of incentive to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, Jim Jim Shoemaker just joined. He said, uh, perfect timing out there. So, yeah, Jim, we're talking a little bit about that. So if you have some questions. Sammy, is there the, the consistency of that game for you where it's it's something new, but it's the same thing every day? Like in, yeah. 
I, I remember we would go and you'd, you'd be mad at a certain team because they were locking <laughs> hogging the gym. And you, you were honestly getting frustrated with it. Yeah, and, and that's I, the only time I've gotten mad playing that game. <laughs> and, and and I just was like, well, sorry, <laughs> like I, there's nothing I could do for you. Like sometimes uh, it'd be like that. It really gave you. Um, it kind of gave you some focus mm-hmm. of some consistency in a, in a world that had gotten really inconsistent. That's and very you true. All, very you also share. You also share it, right? We we have a couple. We have a couple kids that play that too, right? Some of the yes. From your yeah, we have a it. we have a group chat with the family members. It's called Poke Trash, where we all play Pokemon Go. And sometimes when I'll hang out with Josh and Sierra, my brother and his girlfriend, we will play together. Or like when there were community days back in the pre-pandemic days, we'd all go to the old market and play together with Josh and Sierra and John and Yuka. And it's just like a fun, it's just a fun thing to just like be in the same space with somebody else and like have a common goal, but you don't necessarily have to talk to each other about like your life that you don't want to think about, you know? Yeah, no, right. <laughs> you on. just want to catch some tiny animals. Of course, I gravitated towards Pokemon Go, right? I mean, I spent some time. No, that did. No. You would think like, okay, through this. If you downloaded it, it would consume your life. Like I'm a, pr- I have a pretty it would be like but you're for ten times worse than me. You're on the Sam level of like hyper fixating on things. Yeah, it's intense. It's it's true. It's a good this thing is, you've good just been doing your find your grave and not doing Pokemon Go. So let's let's talk about that really quick. So I invented kind of my own. Well, for the early pandemic months, I was doing a lot of working out. Like I may have been in the best shape I've been in a long time. You know, I, I think even one day. Uh, shot for 500 push-ups in a day, and and so that was going really well. And then I started, <laughs> I uh, we I started looking at the graves because we're in this, you know, it's a cemetery, right? And I was like, I wonder who these people are. So I started taking pictures and then trying to do some research on who these people are. And through the research, I found this findagrave.com, and you can actually join the community. And through the community, you can get there's requests. People will put requests for pictures of gravestones. And so I was like, well. This is my Pokemon Go. Why would I not? I'm here already. Why would I not? So I think maybe in May, right? May and June probably consumed most of our time, most of my time anyways. Sammy would stop play Pokemon Go and I would wander in the in the in, among the you know the headstones. Just walking in lines. I'm, yeah, walking in lines, looking for these these very scrapes. We've gotten to even know, this is how bad it is. I've gotten to know which sections are kind of when people were buried and where and what's the tendency. And there's a children's area over there. And yeah. like, you know, you start to know these areas. In fact, we got a request um, that came through the other day, beginning of the week, I guess. And I found it on the first day. And uh, and so we <laughs> we took, uh, <laughs> always has a little, go ahead and go ahead. And, what, what do we say when I'm out hunting graves? Grave hunter. Hunting the graves. We have a little theme song, a little <laughs> jingle that I created because I'm a nerd. Oh, so we I love it. No, it, it yes. well, so what's super interesting about it is um, so I found I found the, this grave. Somebody lives doesn't live here. Uh, took a picture of it. With the, the, the next day I got a really nice note back from them, like, hey, thank you for thanks for finding it. These people were were important to us. And, you know, we never would have, we never would have been able to see this if we hadn't done it. And so um, that has been, as we've been spending, spending time in the, uh, in the, I never, like I never in a million years, Samantha, did I ever think I would be spending the summer with my daughter in a cemetery 
finding graves. Like you yeah. just We don't... also like talk about death sometimes, which is weird. But like that's one of the conversations tracking back to earlier when I didn't have an yeah. answer for the question that mm-hmm. we do talk about like life and death and like our thoughts about is the life after death stuff like that and like those are conversations that you don't normally have with your parents but like i'm super chill about (laughs) yes please inform when does this conversation happen like please tell like when When we're like in the cemetery like looking at headstones and there's like dead people everywhere and you're like you're just thinking about it and you're like how do i want to be buried how do i want to be remembered like you think about that stuff when you're looking at the legacy of a hundred people and so well, I just love that you guys have created the opportunity for you guys to be at the foot of headstones together yes. <laughs> at this point in time. Like I, I honestly though, it's really cool. I love how you guys have established a calendar, a time, whatever you want to call it, where you guys are spending this type of quality time together where these type of conversations can come up. Let me just inform you. That's, that's awesome. And that's yeah. rare. And a lot of parents and kids aren't having those type of conversations because opportunities aren't coming up. That's why I asked what, you know, what is causing you guys to have And it's great that you guys get to spend that type of time together. Okay. So Sammy, I'll ask you because, you know, yes. I, from Jim's face, it's different. Like, why do you want to spend time with your parents? Like, what is, what's causing you to be like, I want to go do a grave walk with my dad. Cause well, I, one, I hope don't that my kids have myself. the same thought. Let me just say that ahead of time. And I, I need to know how to get to that point. I have about 18 years to navigate it. So give me some leeway. But, yes. but how do, how do you get to that point? Well, one, I'm in a house with two people and I might as well hang out with them and make the most of it. But Valid. also okay. like I recognize <laughs> that I have cool parents because a lot of my friends do not have parents that like they do their best, obviously, but like they're not the greatest. But maybe like, that's, that's what I'm looking for. What makes them so? What makes them cool? What makes them parents who are you are that they're approachable? That are you're that you're willing to spend time with and have conversations with? That's that's cool, and that's exactly what you hit on. Is exactly what I'm looking for. I don't think I have like all of the answers because everything's circumstantial, and I also have you have all the answers. You're you're a youngest. young person in this age. You have but every answer. We're looking always, for. <laughs> it's really funny that both my parents are listening to this conversation. The thing that has always stuck with me is that I don't even know if they've said it explicitly in these words, but the thing that I always got from them throughout high school was your best is always good enough. They never expected me to be more than I was. And when I was beating myself up for being not what I expected myself to be, they were like, no, you're, you're good enough the way you are. We still love you. We still care about you. And like, we're happy that you're doing what you want to be doing. Wow. Like that's the gist. Like stuff was hard for me, but like being home was never the hard part of my teenage years. Do you need to take a moment? That would make I I I would need to walk away for a second if I heard that from my own child. That's amazing. Uh, no, I mean it's it's pretty great. I mean we were we Sarah and I talk about this uh, all the time, just how fortunate we are, especially here at the end. You know, mm-hmm. now we're going to get Tim back, and, and like I said, I get I get kind of another opportunity with him, and it'll be very very different. I cannot. I have to even with Samantha. Sorry, even with Sammy. <laughs> You can call I, me Samantha. It's I know. fine. Everybody calls her Sammy. I'm the only one that calls her Samantha. Everybody calls me Samantha at work. It's fine. Okay. It's on my byline. So um, we, I didn't know the summer was going to go this way. We just took advantage. Like I, I swung at the pitches that were, that came my way. I didn't know they weren't all fastballs. They weren't all lobs. Like, you know, sometimes you get a curve and, and sometimes you get beamed by the thing. And so um, we kind of just, I just kind of took it as it as it happened and then took advantage of all the opportunities. You know, a difficult conversation we had, uh, I, I think, uh, this summer 
every, oh, probably once a week, I'd be like, so how are classes going? You know? And she's like, well, okay. I mean, you know, and, and, um, you know, it it wasn't perfect. The semester was not perfect. It could have been better for her. It wasn't. Yeah, it was rough. I will admit it was probably the roughest semester since my first. And there's not a lot I can, there's not a lot by getting mad about that. And this is, by the way, this is something I've had to learn. Like, I, I'm, I'm not saying I, I came out of the womb like this. I had to learn, like, there's some kind of things you're like, well, okay, she's probably already punished herself enough. That's for, for sure that. a Collison trait is, yeah. like, beating ourselves up. You don't need to criticize us for things we're doing because we're already it's kind of like ourselves. Okay. Especially well. at that age, right? I mean, you're an adult at that age. Yeah. Right, like what? What good does that do? Having another adult be that mad at you for something that you know yourself already, you're upset with yourself about, yeah, or to talk down, or be condescending, or yeah. to be like, you know, you know, we talked about this before, you know, those kinds of things that that I think I've done with the boys. Just to be honest, I'm sure I've had all those conversations with the boys at times. That um, it it just is the it just it's not worth it. And I've learned with Samantha that it's not. In those kinds of situations, she's she's already worked her way through it, and I just need to be there to support her. However, I mean, um, we had early on some very serious financial conversations that went like, um, okay, here's the deal. We don't know where the U.S. economy is going to go, mm-hmm. and it's looking scary. I, I, you know, I took a pay cut during this, and that required me to us to cut back on some things. And I kind of had to say to her, here's the budget plan, just to be 100% honest with you. We've got some money you've got some money. We may get to a point where we need your money. <laughs> like, I want to be honest with you. This could be survival. Like you just, in April, we didn't know, right? We just, mm-hmm. and st- we still don't know, to be honest. We still don't know where the U.S. economy is going to go. And so, um, but Sammy, as I was having those, I mean, there was a time, maybe for a couple, two, three weeks, we talked about finances all the time. Did it, did it, did it, was it better or did you like being, in those conversations so you knew was it beneficial for, for me to have those conversations with you or that just stress you out? I think it was necessary to get it out of my system. Just all the worry about it and just like get it all on the table. So it's there. So it's not just stewing in my brain. Cause that's the kind of person I am. That like when I'm worrying about something, it just stews and stews and stews until it explodes. So if I get it out of my system, I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. So that was necessary for me. Well, I tell you what, it was very beneficial to me to have those conversations with you, to know that you knew, like that was one of those things, you know, we would, I'd actually have those conversations with Sammy and then when Sarah would come home from work, we'd kind of have them again, you know, at the dinner table. And you just, you know, it it was just helpful to be able to kind of set that in. Again, I didn't think I'd ever be in a situation where I'd be walking in a cemetery with my 21 year old talking about the budget. You know, Woo! how are we going to, how are we going to get through this? I remember having some conversations Well, I like, I got a few thousand dollars here and I got some, a few thousand dollars here and I've got some money here and there's always crypto. So, <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you're, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, just to bring it full the circle. terabytes helped, right? Jim? Yeah. I could sell some hard drives, I guess. Yeah, there you go. That's, <laughs> that's a, the, the terabytes. Yeah, how's the hard drive great. economy going right now? Oh, well, I see. That's why I didn't mean to bring that up, Jim. It wasn't my intention. <laughs> no, you're fine. But we're having an honest conversation though, right? That's what's, yeah, yeah. 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 All right on. <laughs> um, so it was just good to, um, I, I think it was just good. It was just good for me to have some of those very detailed adult conversations that n- she needed to hear. Like, 
Mm-hmm. She needed to know like, this is not just because sometimes if you don't talk about it, you think it's not happening and it's definitely happening. Like we're definitely, and we're still, you know, we're still not out of the woods yet. And, and it's important to know kind of like, here's where things are at and, and to have those very open, uh, transparent, um, kind of conversations. I think for the three of us to live together, seeing each other every single day, we had to have some open and transparent conversations. They weren't all pretty. Um, uh, probably more so than not, I would think. I don't I don't want to paint it like we were hating each other all the time, but um, it was super good. Sammy, on your phone, one of the funny things that, that you kept track of uh, over the summer is quotes. Yes. And so actually, I started this... Yeah, my right. sophomore year of college, I think, in the newsroom, where I had out of context quotes from the newsroom that like somebody said something that was funny. And it's like, that is going to be funny later, regardless of who said it or what the context was. And so this summer, I started doing that both with our D&D group and with the Collison House. And the Collison ones are 90% things that dad has said that are freaking hilarious. <laughs> So I want to, I want to give you, what are the odds they overlap and the, uh, the audience here is going to be like, yes, he says those all the time. And well, we're the first going to nail all of them. No. Yeah. So Sammy, well, why, why don't you read a few, Sammy? So the unofficial call is in motto. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing. This is the first one on the note and it's the most That's, important. And one. I, do, I do say that quite a bit to me. He says that to me all the time. I feel like I'm one of Jim's kids when he says that to me all the time. And these are in orders. So you can kind of see the reverse bell curve of drinking throughout the summer. <laughs> um, one of them is those are drinking vitamins referring to ibuprofen. <laughs> I feel like food horny right now. <laughs> we are going to, we are going to keep this. I need some context of some of these. Cause these are having me. Well, I'm, we crying. Were, I'm we're, crying. I'm laughing so hard over here. In the, early in the pandemic, we were eating some really great food. Real good food. And you're just Real, like, okay. food. That's it's been really food. good food. Yes. <laughs> really good food. This one's from Josh. I'm not going to come over and shark dad's Jeff because so, the most prized possession in the house is old Jeff. Old Jeff, which which Jefferson's is what we call it. Old Jeff here at the college. Got Jeff. it. You ever hear me? I, I would agree. Me. After that bottle, I mm, yes, yeah. it's old Jeff's oh, pretty good. It's become yep. a standard here. Yeah, it was Colonel Mustard in the cemetery with the push up. We were talking about Clue, and so I gave her my Clue, the cemetery. <laughs> Clue reference. I said, "Oh, if it were going to happen here, she thought that was pretty funny." Yes, it's like a park with dead people. <laughs> so like I, we were walking around <laughs> like, was a reference to a cemetery you know it's kind of like a park with dead people <laughs> it's just like a park with dead people with there a lot, lot of good pokemon you know that's what it is dogs. like it's yeah. just big chill welcome to my it. life it's weird that was me yeah i don't even remember uh i strain most nights but we can strain for sure because <laughs> it just absolutely makes no sense out of context it's about straining pasta, but I love it. But it's almost better out of context. Like I haven't heard yes. any of these, and, and that's great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, if you say sherbet, I might punch you in the face. Dad so we have a sherbet. They say sherbet. I say There's sherbet. There's sure one R in that word, and I will. That's the hill I will fight. Chat room. Is it sherbet or sherbet? I will. Sherbet, sherbet for sure. With an sherbet, right? Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would say sherbet. Sherbet. What is this sherbet crap? Sammy, what do you say? Sherbet. There's an R in there. You just said there's an R. There's Joe one R in the beginning. Sure bit. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm on the hill. Yeah, so uh, Joe says sherbet. We got screwed. I'm smoking the label. This yeah, is okay. 
Yeah, Dad's so, on the deck. Can't get the label off the cigar. I'm smoking the label. <laughs> so pretty at the moment, pretty like I had had a bunch, and yes. I, I was just trying. Mom to get... made old fashions with old Jeff Ocean. It was oh, amazing. It was so good. Was you so also good. dropped the cigar on the deck that night. That, that one hit me hard. I don't know why <laughs> I couldn't get over that one. That's a that's a gym for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, chaos in the chat right now. Okay. Yeah. Every so often, the spirit of Tim Gunn possesses me. Tim Gunn, the host of Project Runway, whose signature line is "Make it work," which I say all the time. Oh, here's an important one. Welcome to the world, Susan. You were flour, now you're yeast. This was unofficially known as the summer of sourdough because oh, I'm right. a sourdough starter. Her name is Susan, and she is my child. She is the only grandchild that my parents are ever getting from me. She better <laughs> become a family heirloom. Yes. That's all I ask from this family. You will never have to babysit a human being. You only have to babysit my There's instructions on the <laughs> fridge for Susan, like how to take care no, of her. No, they're on the inside of the cabinet door. Uh, that's true. God, you guys crack me up. We, I can't. We, get up. we cooked, and I could hear during the day. So one of the things Sammy would do during the day is is proof the bread. Yes. Uh, in the morning, <laughs> noonish. So I'd hear boom. the slap and fold, kneading the bread on the counter. The kitchen's right above me here, so I just hear boom, boom. I was like, "What is that sound?" And eventually, I came up there, and she was, you know, throwing the the, the dough down. But man, was it great to have our own bread this summer? We didn't need it technically. Like, we didn't oh, need it. good one. Go ahead, Sammy. Uh, I like me a good fence. Oh, so I don't know about I don't know about out west, Mike, but everybody in Bellevue got new fences. Everybody got new fences, and they look great. Why? I don't know, but here like insurance fences or what kind of fences? New fences. No, not the case whatever. out here. We're all stuck with our old fences. Well, maybe because you already have new fences, but it was this here in Bellevue. And so we were walking by and this guy, they had just put this fence up. And I said, I go, man, I like me new fence. And <laughs> I just thought that was the, the funniest I died. Thing. I, I like about sat fence. down on the sidewalk. It was yeah. great. I like me new fence. <laughs> I don't even remember the context of this one. Old people smell like aging board games. Uh, I think that was Josh, and he'd gone in our he'd gone in the closet. Oh, in the, the board, the board game out, closet, and he's like, yeah. "Sounds like old people in here." It's like old people Asian games. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. Yeah, games. not Asian, but aging. We're not racist. Oh, aging. she said Asian. Aging. No, aging. Aging. Old, aging aged board games. Yeah. Okay, that makes me feel a lot better. So one of the. One of the things, Sammy, I think I think we're good on those. One of the things um, I appreciated about this list, and this, again, this was something things overheard in the newsroom, right? They had started this at at, um, at the paper where she worked, or she had started it, keeping track of these. And so during the, oh, I think during the fall, she'd come home and read these things to us, and we'd laugh. And then during this time, I'd say something, and I didn't think it would be worthy of the, but she'd go, Making the list, <laughs> or I just pick out. up my phone and just start typing, and people would know that I'm putting it on the list. The dad joke made the list, huh? Yeah, yes. making the list. Well, what's what's so what's interesting about this? Not, and I told her when we did this, when we were going to talk about this on the show, it wouldn't be really that funny for most people. It's really funny to us. In in um, you know, there's this biblical concept of of what's called an Ebenezer, and an Ebenezer is just a pile of rocks. The Israels were instructed to pile these rocks in certain areas to remember things by like 
put these rocks here. Remember this moment because this moment's important, whatever it was, whatever, whatever God did for them during those times. It's called an Ebenezer. I remember that because that's a funny name. Like this Ebenezer. is the only time you flexed on your Bible degree for the record. It, that's that's it. So <laughs> that's probably that's true. true. That's probably true. So, and I'm not even sure I learned that in Bible school. But that being said, I think these things like this, like again, we think they're hilarious. They might, Mike, there's a few of them that'll be funny to you. But I, it's these little Ebenezers, these little family Ebenezers that we have that you come back to. This list, Sammy's not going to ever lose this list. It's nope. going to be 10 years from now, we're going to pull this list out and be like, remember when we used to do that? Remember the pandemic? And I think we get, we, sometimes we get busted on as a family because we spend a lot of time remembering those kinds of things. Like when we get together as a family, we have these moments. Remember when ah, we laugh and we think it's the funniest thing. We have all these sayings that we do and stuff like that. But I think that's been a key component in the way the kids get, get along in the way the kids get together, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that all five of them still like each other at this point, right? They're still talking to each other. They still want to be together. Uh, they're missing Tim. You know, my Marine is in California and they really miss him when he came home on leave. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, everybody was fighting for Tim's attention. Like they wanted Tim at their place. And so, um, I think those, I think those moments are key. I don't think we do. And, and dads, let me just talk to dads for a second. And Mike, you know, you, you fall into this category too. Don't get so busy. Like y- your job is to be busy. Certainly there's things for you to do, and, but you know, th- there's those, there's those things to get done, but don't miss those little opportunities that even with the little amount of time that you have to remember those things and not just remember them here, but to remind your children of them, like to remind them over and over and over as it's funny. We've had stuff cycle in and out of the, of the family, you know, the, the, what's, what's funny to the family. But I think if there's one thing, we have a really good list of funny things for us to remember in this. And, and for us, yeah, this was hard. I mean, there were some hard moments in it, but for us, it was a, it was a pandemic time to be together. And I think we took advantage of the time smartly and were in to made the most out of it. Maybe, maybe I wouldn't have done that five or 10 years ago, just to be honest. But uh, the situation was right um, now. Kind of get it done. So it's a good summer. Sammy, um, you're going back to school. Talk a little bit about the, <laughs> talk about a little bit how you feel about that. Can you see the fear in my eyes? <laughs> I <I'm, did. laughs> Honestly, I'm absolutely terrified. And absolutely uncertain of what's going to happen but that's life like i don't know i have a roommate so i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna get sick i don't know how long the semester is gonna go if they're gonna if there's gonna be a second wave of outbreaks and they're gonna call us all home again and we're gonna have to move mid-semester i don't know how many papers we're gonna produce like there's so many unknown factors and unknown quantities going into the semester but such as the but life we're gonna do it right we're taking you back to yes. school in two weeks yep and dropping you off and uh, we'll see how it goes I, I definitely feel like you know after a summer like this i this is not your typical summer i kind of know you know i could kind of sense now the tension I- in you uh in your apprehension about it um thinking about like she's getting nervous you know you can kind of feel that kind of coming on you know you i think you mentioned it kind of the the, the bell reverse curve, bell curve, the reverse bell curve of emotions for the summer, and and definitely you're in for. I mean, I'm going to feel it. I mean, I even said to you 
like, do I need to come back more often on weekends to make sure that you're home, you know, that you come back home uh, more often? Again, two hours, four hours out of my weekend to do that. But it, it's, I think it's important that you have some options and you feel safe, you know, hanging out of the school this, this, this year. So it's all, um, it's all unknown. Like it's mm-hmm. crazy. We, we just don't know. We don't know what's going to happen and what's going to go on and how long it's going to last. I do feel prepared. Like I, I feel now that we've spent all this time together, I do feel like I'm way more prepared than like this semester could be even harder than your freshman year, which was really hard. Right. But I feel, I feel a million more times prepared for it. Cause like, I know, like I know you better now Mm -hmm. and I kind of know what you're thinking and how you're thinking and, you know, some of those kinds of things. So I I think we'll be, we'll be fine. I mean, it may be chaos, but, uh, but I think we're going to be, I think we'll be maybe fine. Yeah. I may get sick. Well, yeah. This is a reality I, that we face every day of our lives yeah. now. You might not. Or you might not. You know, you might not. You, you, may, you, may, you may get all the way through and we'll, you know, look back and go, well, we made it. You know, we made it through. So this is uh, your end of podcast okay. PSA to wear a freaking mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Stop. If you think you're too good for a mask or not, put it on your face. Mike. <laughs> That's uh, my Mike, after sitting with us for an hour and some change, any any impressions, anything you take away from this time together? Uh, just that I hope that, you know, when when uh, my kids, Sammy, are your age, that we have the uh, the open dialogue that you guys have. It's, it's inspiring. I, I like that you guys are able to, um, even if you guys don't necessarily agree, right? Uh, Sammy, the fact that you felt that your dad was someone you could go and talk to is is huge. I think that's something a lot of us don't have. And uh, even those of us who come from a very loving and caring um, home, you might not feel the most inclined to talk to them about the really hard topics. And uh, that's one thing I think that, you know, Jim and I have had a lot of conversations about and I've talked about with, you know, one thing I hope that when my kids get older, that uh, I'm able to you know, have fun with them like you guys do. I see you guys have so much fun together. And that's really what I hope for is that, you know, no matter no matter what it is, no matter what the politics are, no matter what the conversation is, that when my kids come home and they, they hang out with uh, my boring wife and I, that, that they're, they have fun and that they enjoy themselves and they want to come home and hang out with boring old mom and dad and, and still talk with us. I love seeing, you know... It, it, what I see between you two is just pure love. And uh, sure, there's there's hard times. I'm sure you guys don't love each other all the time. It's it's a very uh, strained relationship like it is with any um, parent and child relationship. But man, I just, I love it. I think it's it's so beautiful. And, uh, and so I hope that we have the amount of fun that you guys have. You guys seem to have a lot of fun together. That was, that was the gist of what I got tonight. Like you guys just Pokemon Go drinking on the back patio coming up with uh, fun sayings that, you know, Jim says, or whoever says you guys just have fun together. It seems to be the common trend. Like, like that, that's cool. I love it. I, I just don't think we take ourselves very seriously. Which, which made, <laughs> is that the key? What, what is the don't key? That's what I'm going to ask you. Yeah. That's another tip. Key? Just don't take yourself seriously. Just have I, think fun. That, I think that is, I think at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of moments where Sammy get frustrated with me or, or I, not a lot of me getting frustrated with her because there's not a lot of things. So she get frustrated with me, and and I'd be like, "Well, uh, okay, well, sorry." Like, I, I'm gonna that it's just I'm gonna say it. I, the same is true, by the way. You know, she says having a safe space to speak, um, and 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 be loved. The same is true for her and us. 
because I think sometimes parents are afraid of saying the wrong thing and and alienating their kids. And it's just as important that we know it would be hard for me. I mean, I've, I've, we've had some hard conversations, some interesting dialogue and it would be easy for me to say something wrong and her just to kind of write me off. Well, gosh, that's, you're never gonna, you're never really going to understand it. <laughs> actually never really heard her say that to me, which is kind of great. You know, you just don't understand uh, type deal. I've never heard her say that to me. Um, well, it's also a challenge as a news writer that if you don't understand that I haven't said it right. Yeah. <laughs> no, right on. Right on. But, but Sammy, I mean, I think it's, I think, and I think if Sarah was here and she's in the chat room, I think she would agree. I think we both feel like we can't, the opposite is true for us. We can't do or say anything that necessarily changes your relationship back to us. And so that gives us a lot of freedom. That gives us the ability to kind of open up and be, and kind of be transparent. You know, there's, we, we talk about the generational gap. We talk about the way we, we see politics. We talk about the way we see things. There's a lot of opportunities to get upset in there and to kind of storm off. And or to argue in ways that are offensive or attacking. And for whatever reasons, uh, uh, both with Sarah and I, Sammy is really good to just allow us to have that open dialogue with her and say, well, yeah, we don't, I don't think we necessarily agree, but okay, you want some more wine? <laughs> you know, turns out parents are people too. What a concept. Yeah. Am I right? So I think it goes, <laughs> I think it really goes both ways. Like, I think you have to. The kids have to be willing to, and, and this is something like we needed to wait, I think maybe for her to be this age for it to happen. Again, it's probably not happening at 15, but we're not sitting on the deck smoking cigars and enjoying oh, that was way, yeah. either. True, but that's way deeper. I think a lot of kids don't realize that until they're way too old to not appreciate it, that your parents are humans too. And a lot of times I, I think it comes too late in the terms of like, now I have kids and I realize, oh man, my parents were they were people too. Like they struggled with this as much as I did raising kids or whatever. Yeah. So it's so the same. I think that's huge. That you see that with your parents, like eh, they're people too, and they're going to have their own opinions. And I'm going to have mine and, and it's going to be a conversation. And uh, what I love about you guys is you guys have been open to each other's conversation and you haven't let some tiny little disagreements get in the way of you guys having a, a very solid relationship from an outsider's perspective. Very cool. And uh, I hope to, to do the same. Well, you got some years to do it. Get luckily, because I am not ready for this yet. This is this is a lot. This is way heavier than I was ready for. Well, let me tell you, uh, my oldest is only three. It goes super fast. Like all of a sudden, boom! They're nine. They're nineteen. They're oh, great! Like, good. Just, yeah, it just flies by. And when well, you have it's more good, than to make sure. I have someone reserve in case I mess up the first two. <laughs> I think I think one of the things we did, Sarah and I uh, did early, was not not wish for days gone by. In other words, oh, I wish you were 10 again. Like you were so cute when you were 10. Well, they're not 10. They're 15 and they're ugly and smelly and they're saying dumb things. Same, you're the youngest, right? So you benefited yeah. from all of You're like, sweet. They were perfect. It's true. They did kind well, of they were not perfect, but they learned a few things. Yeah, there you go. But um, I was also, I had, I was a 15-year-old with a temper problem. Like <laughs> every, every teenager's got their issues. Jeez, but that's true, Jim. I see where you're coming from of, of not, not dwelling on that, right? Yep. Um, Sarah says in the chat, she says the takeaway I had from my parents uh, was them not being able to the, to view their own shortcomings. Right? We have tried to be open with our kids about our shortcomings. They at least know we're trying. You know, we've we've often said, and Sarah is actually way better at this than I am, and I'm getting better maybe as I get a little older of just being like, 
Yeah. Well, sorry. Like, well, it's hard when you're perfect, Jim. Like when you're perfect, video. it's hard to be, and you're like, oh, sorry, like it's hard to be as perfect as, <laughs> isn't that what we tell our kids, right? Like, well, it's hard sometimes. to be as perfect as I am, kid. So uh, you should try. Think, sometimes they think we have to have it right for them. Like, in other words, we can't be seen as wrong because we need to be right for them. Like yeah, they, they no. need that stability. And I actually think you're not doing that, it for yourself. You're literally trying to do it for them. And you realize you might be doing it a service if you're not, you know, if you're pretending you're perfect. I think the vulnerability aspect of being vulnerable and saying huge. we're not like, we're not, and we don't know by the way. <laughs> and, and I think that's actually provides more stability than saying, I, I know, and you should do, and they know because they know they smell it. They're like, oh, no, you're not like right. a predator. We smell that fear <laughs> or or they don't. I'll be I'll be perfectly honest, guys. You know, with my parents, I think some of the most honest conversations we had were when they were vulnerable because I did view them as perfect. I viewed my parents as having it all together until a very late age. Like, you know, I think they've I mean until now right i still think they're pretty perfect like they it was it was very eye-opening and realistic with me when we were able to have those conversations in college of like you know it's not perfect there are things we need to talk about there are things we need to do and i think those conversations were some of the most eye-opening and beneficial conversations as a young adult that you can have is like oh, okay good thank god they weren't perfect just either I, I mean like they messed up and so did i and and oh geez that that's so Good to know, because I thought I was just the only one messing things up. And I think the caveat that we haven't said explicitly, but has been implied this whole time, is like owning your mistakes and then talking about how you get over your shortcomings and how you deal with failures. Very well said. setting that example for your kids, then they know that if you mess up, it's not the end of the world. Like when if if a parent's in their marriage, they fight, but they they work through it and they demonstrate to their kids that you can work through a disagreement, then they're not going to see every relationship as a freeway that's super easy and everything's going to be fine. Like, you find your soulmate, everything's perfect. Like, relationships are freaking hard. And, like, you have to talk through things and you disagree with each other. But you have to know that, like, there is another side of that if you work together. Like, that that is the implied thing that, like, you own your shortcomings and you talk about, like, this is a weakness for me and this is how I overcome it. Or this is something that I was wrong about. And here's how I corrected myself. Perfectly said. Yeah. My wife and I work through that every single day and it's tough. I agree. Sammy well said. I am one of the summer projects I did that I'm still not quite a hundred percent done. I have some painting to do and some other things, but as I replaced the hallway door and that hallway door is an example of two really huge mistakes on my part uh by getting so angry um and that door is really was it's like japanese it's, paper it's hollow it's it, sammy i was looking at it today. it's actually cardboard on the inside we've got that door up uh it's kind of a good reminder it burns so fast fast uh, as we get rid of that door um but replace it with a more solid door but it was a good reminder to me like you know, those are mistakes made and the kids are still, uh, it's still okay. And I, I talk about that. I don't, I don't try to justify it or, you know, say, well, you made me really mad. I'm like, no, I lost my temper. And I, I, I you know, I, that door was an easy outlet to take it out on. Now it's a good thing that door uh, wasn't um, solid because I you would have broken your hand the wall before and I broke my hand doing it. And so you have to be, I, I we lived in a 1901 house that had real studs, like real. Yeah. And he hits the stud. Like, and I hit the stud. <laughs> stud it, finder it, fists. It did not move. 
and my fist did. And um Stun Finder Fist. I love really, it. really good. Um a really good for me, a really good example of like this summer we replaced it. And I think there's some there's some, you know, we're able to kind of close that door using that metaphor, kind of on that time that 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 we had with the kids. And that doesn't mean it never happened, but it does mean that we've kind of put those times behind us and we're we're beginning. It's not over though. We just we had a family gathering the other day and I pissed one of them off pretty solidly saying something that that I shouldn't have and doing something that I, I probably should have just let lie and I didn't. And so we'd have a we had to have a conversation around that. And that still happens, right? But we we did. We had a conversation, we worked it out. It's gonna take some time to work through it some more, but um you can do it as well. If you're a longtime listener of Home Gadget Geeks, this is not or a short time listener, I should say. I mean, if you're a long-time listener, you kind of know me. So, you know, every once in a while we pull these out. You know the drill. But for those who are just joining us, yeah, we don't do this every week. And maybe you're thinking, man, maybe you should. No, no, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, (laughs) Mike and I... Mike and I like to focus on the tech, and uh, we got some. Great- Unless, it depends on how much whiskey we've gone through, how much Jefferson's bottle have we gone through. Then yeah, we can start uh, to debate pretty darn good. I definitely know what to get you for Christmas from here on out. Mike. Oh, More Jeff. Oh, my name's God. Old Jeff. Yes, oh. Old Jeff. I'll take some more of that Old Jeff. Old Jeff. So, how was that peanut butter whiskey, Sammy? Super good, as per usual. And what kind was it again? Rebel. R e v e l. Rebel. Yeah, it's yeah. really here and here, uh, Mike at Baker's. We get I get it at Baker's. Um, uh, Screwballs twenty five, Rebels fifteen. So it gets you can't beat that. Yeah, and I not as like, smooth, but pretty good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, not as sweet, Sammy. I think it's yeah it's actually. Derek I mean, liked it better. Peanut butter whiskey or the uh, Screwball is so smooth because it's just super sweet. It's and like, do you put it with something or do you drink it straight? Nope. We're neat. neat. No family. You are a neat family. That's true. <laughs> we are. Neat. I've, t- I've taught all my kids to drink neat. So They've learned well. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's pretty great. Well, so if you made it this far, thanks for listening all the way through. I hope you've appreciated it. Well, Sammy, we'll catch up with you um, again in the winter when you're coming back off break and and uh, come back and bring in. We, we won't cover all the things we covered here, but it'll be more of a catch up with how did fall go and what's news look like and some of those other things as we Here's hoping the country has not collapsed by then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for for that as well. I'm hoping Mike and I are still podcasting by then. And, uh, or yeah, not. You guys would be podcasting from a bunker to one to the. Yeah, probably (laughs) by a ham radio. If I can convince Jim to get licensed. (laughs) Shortwave. Shortwave radio. There we go. Repeat me somehow. Couldn't I just like figure all that stuff out? That would be great. I don't want It'd to be a little that. antenna sticking out the top. Yes. It'd be like That's, the beginning of Kimmy Schmidt. It'd be great. <laughs> listen, I can't, I can't get into ham because I don't need another, like, you know, I'm, I get obsessive about these things. That's the best part about ham. It's like a lifelong hobby. You're done. It's the last hobby you ever need. I don't look at, I don't need another hobby. <laughs> you really don't. That's true. I'm just saying, I don't need another hobby. Same was like, I can help you out with that one. Actually, I can't help uh, you with him right now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Christian doesn't listen to this. So, for a wedding gift, I got him some Byron's, which I tried oh. to get you to smoke, but got him some the really long, the Churchill size um, Byron's. So, I'm sending those to him for 
he just got married last weekend. And then of course the care package came in. So oh, those were the ones I was like, what is that in your hand? It's from the care package look at, today. Gotcha. Look at this. I'll just show it really quick. These are beautiful. I got, I got to show a fancy them. zipper pouch. What's I know. That about? It is a fancy zipper pouch. That's what this I was going to say. This is super great. This is so two guys cigars. This is what they send everything in little zipper every pouch. week or is it weekly or monthly monthly for the okay. care package. And I actually bought a little um, humification pack to send with them when they go. So Christian can store them and make sure they don't get dry. Listen, these are expensive cigars. You need a sign behind me that says anything worth doing is worth overdoing. overdoing. (laughs) That is your perspective on cigars. Look at this big cigar. I know. Look at that work of art. It is a beauty. Christian doesn't listen. Nobody tell Christian, okay? Because don't tell Christian I talked secret. about this. It's just among yeah, us. It's, it's not like we secret. put it on the internet or anything. I have a ticket in with him on his website, so I won't add that. Yeah, don't, to the next don't tell Christian. Me. I showed you guys what I got. By the way, he didn't do anything wrong. I, I'm requesting a massive change. So, Maple Grove Partners is still a fantastic uh, choice for web hosting. Yeah, so I am not. I am not you guys are the worst at promoing people that don't pay you. I, well, I pay him. That's the weird part. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. We, we, a couple of reminders before we go, and we want to thank our Patreon subscribers. For those of you that are doing great, thanks and being for all that you do and being in the family, and we appreciate that. If you want to join us in on Patreon, you get nothing for it, but the average guy.tv, but you help. The average guy.tv. You get the satisfaction of knowing that Jim knows your name. That's it. Yeah. And maybe even not. So we appreciate you doing that um, as well. Many of you do. And thanks. Uh, thanks for you do. It actually does. It does really help in in doing what we do here uh, to keep things rolling. If you want to join us in the Discord group, had a long conversation the other night on Discord. It was super fun. Bust out and and uh, Justin Simmons was out there and, and Jack Pack. Um, we had a great conversation. I haven't had a conversation like that on Discord in a while. I was on the patio. I was on the deck. Sammy would not come out and join me. So I jumped. I took my laptop out to the deck, grabbed a firecracker, a pissed off Kristoff, and um, uh, smoked a cigar and enjoyed the guy's uh, conversation on Discord. If you want to join us there, you could as well, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. If you want to send me an email, feedback. Neil, great to hear from you, by the way, the other day. You'll send me a nice note. If you've got some feedback uh, on anything we've done on the show, Mike and I asked for some feedback on the uh, and Jim Shoemaker actually sent me some feedback as well on the scanning in the slides. Nathaniel sent me a note on Twitter with his company. Jim found the company he'd used. And so I'm going to kind of compare them. That's exactly what I'm looking for, guys. So I appreciate you doing that. If you didn't listen to 353, no, 453, do that. Mike and I at the end of the show have got some things we need some help with. And so if you want to do that, let us know. You can send me an email, Jim at the average guy. TV, and then we'll do it right, Sammy, just because you called us out on it. If you want secure, high-speed hosting from people that you know and trust, of course, that's Maple Grove Partners, and that's Christian. Head out to maplegrovepartners.com. Plans, hosting plans start as little as $10 a month. Emails five. You can get some great service out there, and uh, we appreciate Christian for his support. Of course, he's always hosted the Average TV. And Christian, we appreciate and congratulations, Christian, for uh, for getting married. And it was fun. He streamed the wedding, and so I got to watch it online, and uh, it was super cool. So, Christian, congratulations. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. If we've learned one thing this summer, start HelloFresh, okay? Start HelloFresh. I'm just telling you. It, it, HelloFresh. HelloFresh changed my life. And I'm Samantha Salton, and I approve this message. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> what are your thoughts? If you need... 
We've got codes. I have free codes. I can get you a free week Hello uh, from HelloFresh. Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. I'll send that to you. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at TheAverageGuy.tv forward slash live. Love to have you join us um, as well. I think, Mike, uh, next week, I'm trying to think. I think I have one more Thursday. Yeah, one more Thursday before we take a break. And No, no, I'm gone next week. Yeah, oh, no. No show next week. I'm gone the following week. What are we going to do? I will figure something out. I think we'll I, it out. I think I have a guest lined up for that. We'll get McKay back in here to talk about fall lawn planning. By the way, my lawn looks fantastic. How and many lawn episodes have you done this summer? Not enough. <laughs> Two. Not, not, not enough. Every week. We talk about it every week. Yeah. And hey, how many critical role episodes have you watched this summer, Samantha? Not as many because they were on hiatus. Uh, for most how many summer. important articles have you written? A lot, right? So we need to talk about lawn care a lot. It's, it's the important stuff. It's what the people need to hear about, okay? Yeah, lawn looks great. My, that's what you should have said is how many sessions of D&D have you played? That's the real D&D action in my life. And yeah, uh, we'll talk I, don't know, I don't know if I can take the in the post show. I'm just, I'm just gonna say, Mike, let's, don't you want to convince him? Let's get to the post show. If you're listening live, thanks for coming out with that. We'll say goodbye, everybody.